Hey everybody, welcome back. Uh, today on the podcast we have Impa Kasang and I. Impa is a UFC middleweight. Um, and we actually talked before his fight. Um, I believe in my whole heart that, that he's going to be UFC champion. Uh, so skilled, so calm, and just so clearly called to do what he's doing. Um, Impa and I met when I was training down in North Carolina. Um, and soon after I left, he went on the Contender Series, um, which is a show where they pool uh, new pro fighters. They fight in front of Dana White, and then he hands out contracts. Well, he won his fight, and he didn't get a contract. Uh, and it was a super dominant win. Um, and then he was invited back on the show, another super dominant win, got his contract, and then fought his first UFC fight one and then took another fight three weeks later. If you don't follow MMA, that is fucking bananas to have two fights that close together. Um, and yeah, he is, uh, he's a beautiful human being, such a good heart, such a good soul. Uh, and I see nothing but good things. And what was also really cool about this podcast is he is in Abu Dhabi right now on Yaz Island, AKA UFC fight Island. Uh, so we did the podcast with me in Montana and him in Abu Dhabi, which is also pretty badass. So without further ado, Shilobo, Impa, Kasanganai. Impa, Kasanganai on the Satsung Podcast. Welcome, my guy. Hey, thank you for having me on. Look who I have next to me. Bam. Yeah. What a, what a wild world that we live in. Hey. <laughs> What's up, man? Barbarina. Dude, I love that we live in a world where you can be in Abu Dhabi and I can be in Montana and we can communicate with one another. Man, sure, man. I love it. Thank you for having us on. Yeah, oh, man. Well, well, have me on. <laughs> Dude, tell me how it's been over there. What's it like? Uh, what's it like over uh, over in Abu Dhabi on Fight Island? Good. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right here. Okay. Is it working now? Yep, got you. Much I don't know if I need to be on Wi-Fi. Sometimes the Wi-Fi is better, sometimes it's not. So that's really does on me. Yeah, probably in the middle of the desert. What's it like over there, dude? So you are in Abu Dhabi right now? Man, Man. it's awesome. It's, it's the amazing, best experience so far. I've had my dad here. He's cornered me for the first time. Oh, he man. He didn't know. Yeah, so it's the first time ever cornered me. First time ever in a fight week. And, you know, it's, he's been just taking it all in, enjoying it. Training session's going well. Weight's great. Brian's out here. Diego. It's been a lot of fun. And then my dad, he actually got to sit in for the interviews. So he was sitting right next to me. So you could tell he, he really enjoyed it. So he was surprised. He was like, Sean, what? So he's having a good time. Man, it, that's, uh, that's a special thing when, when, A, when we get to live our dream, but B, you know, uh, I can relate to that. Last year, we played a festival uh, in front of about 5,500 people, and my mom got to come. And it was the same thing no, of just like, you know, have, have, having yeah. one of your parents get a, get a sit co-pilot while you're doing your thing, man. That's magic. That's awesome. What, did she enjoy it? Oh, yeah. She was crying the whole time. Oh, that's yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, dude, so I want to know a little bit um, just about how you got into fighting, because one thing that's really interesting, you know, every, everyone that listens to the podcast knows I'm a, I'm a huge fanatic of the sport. 
um, and I've been watching it since I was about six years old. And the thing that's really interesting about you to me is um, how little in the grand scheme of, of these other athletes, how, how little time you've been training and how phenomenal you look though. Like uh, it's it, it really um, like when you were first on the contender series, I mean, we hung out a little bit in, um, in North Carolina, but hearing Bisbing say, oh yeah, he's only been training for two years. I was like, no, he hasn't. There's no way. Um, so how did you get into the sport, man? Man, I, since I was, like, I, man, I, I've always liked combat and combat, like, you know, sports and lifestyle, but I never was allowed to do it because, you know, my mom was like, you're not getting punched in the face, you're not punching somebody else's kid. And my culture too, you don't really have people who, like sports aren't, you know, there's no really route for people in sports like in what like in the culture, like Congolese culture. Like you really need education or something else to advance yourself. And for them, a lot of athletes like lived in slums, so they don't want to see that for me. So sure. I didn't really start playing football to my senior year of high school. And I started fighting my senior year of college, but I've always had an interest in it because when I was young, I had to do a project on somebody who had the same birthday and had to do like, or like the same birthday month. It happened to me, Muhammad Ali. So like when I was a kid, I started like, oh, I want to watch boxing. So my parents would let me watch it, but I wasn't allowed to do it. And then I would like sneak in my room and watch MMA and flip the channel from MMA to like the Discovery Channel so I didn't get in trouble. And like, I always had this interest in it. Then started reading about like gladiators, warrior cultures, and you know, stories in the Bible about different wars. That's the only thing that really attracted me. So like, it was just like something ingrained, but I always felt like when I was a kid, like it was like, I need to be doing that. I don't know how to do it, but I need to be fighting. I would like literally pray when I was a kid. If I could be like born another time, could I be a gladiator or a warrior or something? Like, could I fight? There's just something like, in, within me that it just kept over my life, it kept happening. I had cool opportunities to do it. So my senior year of college, I wanted to get better at football. And I saw some professional, you know, guys in the NFL, professional football players, um, training mixed martial arts. I was like, okay, well, my mom said when I was young, you're not gonna box unless you can pay for it on your own. So like, this is the moment. I was in college, I had a little job. And um, I was like, well, I'm gonna take this money and see if I can go train to get better at football. The second I got on the match, I was like, okay, this is what I need to be doing. And it was like, I'd leave football practice in school and go straight to the gym, do a little bit of jiu-jitsu. And then I stopped because, you know, football season started. And then a few weeks later, after football season ended, I was training and they're like, do you want to fight? A few weeks later, I started fighting and had my first amateur fight. That went well. And you know, I kept building ever since, you know, God has been blessing me. And now we're, now we're here in Abu Dhabi at Fight Island. And he's like, man, like, when you have that feeling in you, like, like you know someone's calling you to do it. And I, I was praying about it. I prayed to God, like, if this is what I need to do, Show me, and I'm gonna keep trusting you. And man, like to be here, I think is a testimony to him and like my family and guys like this guy, <laughs> Mark yep. Marina. Yep. And you know, he's helped me out a lot. And you know, he's a huge factor in the UFC. Like, just took took me under his wing, and like you know, a lot of guys, with my especially our head coach Jeff Jimmo, and bless. So that's what got me here. Yeah, man. There's a lot of stuff in there that I want to talk about. Um, yeah, one thing, it's funny, me and my wife just last night in bed, I got a, a pretty good shiner at practice last night. Mm. And, uh, and you know, she was just like, we were talking about uh, just spirituality and, um, and, and, and where training fits in. And I was like, man, I just feel like it, it, any culture in the world, if you go back past 100 years ago, um, being a warrior was like, that was like the ultimate, you know, that was like the ultimate form of respect of like, mm -hmm. um, 
especially like in the samurai, right? Like you had to learn the sword and how to fight, but you also had to learn poetry or painting. And it was like, mm -hmm. knowing how to fight was like, um, was part of being a balanced person. And I was just kind of telling sure. her like, you know, that I just have this like primal thing in me that like, I just, I feel connected to it. It's when I feel my, it's when I feel my best self. And I was just telling her like, that professional fighters that I've met like you, and Barbarina and um, Tim Kennedy and all these guys, when you guys talk about it, it's the same thing. It's not this just like, oh yeah, I like beating people up. It's this like, no, it is like this deep calling inside of me that that, it, that it's what I'm supposed to do, man. So I really, uh, I really love that. So you were, um, you were born in the Congo, yeah? No, I'm actually the first person in my family born outside of the Congo. So I was born in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. My parents and all my other family members were born in Congo. And then, you know, they all started having kind of kids all over the world, but yeah, the first kid, uh, I guess, descendant to be outside of the Congo. That's awesome, man. And um, talk a little bit about that, because you always have the Congolese flag with you. So I see you mm -hmm. take take a lot of pride in um, in in the roots of that heritage. Um, For sure. So, man, having the having the Congolese flag to me, it's like I, I, that's where I believe, like you know, obviously my origin. I think a lot of people they they let it go. They let go of like where they came from. I'm proud to be an American. I'm, I really am. Like no matter like, you know what's going on in the country, around the world, every place has its issues. But man, to be able to represent both, and I find it, I just I always had a Congolese flag because it was gifted to me, so I always carried it. But uh, my mouthpiece has the Congolese and American flag. But this will be the first fight that I walk out with a Congolese and American flag together. I love and it, and I'm really excited about that. But you know, for me, it's just I'm kind of li I'm living off the blessings that my parents have helped you know create. Like my dad, and my mom, like. I said that they treated people well, they've, they've, they've worked super, super hard, and now I get to live my dream because they were you know, intrepid enough to come, my dad especially, come to America, my mom too, and you know, teach me and let me go after my dreams and, and do exactly what I love to do. And to be able to represent them and their culture and like let them see something proud about where they come from, because Congo has a lot of corruption and there's a lot of beauty to it too. And you know, I feel like uh, if you go back in history, like when the Belgians came, they'll cut the right hands off of people. Right, but the Congolese never quit. They're like, "Hey, you may cut us, you may kill us, you may do these things, but our ancestors will fight for us. Our children's children will fight for us." And that's kind of like always something that's on my heart and on my mind that I'm gonna fight for them, that I'm gonna give them every single thing that I can, so that they can, they can feel honor when they see their flag raised. And so, like even like this, this, uh, this, um, yes, they have this uh, mask that I'm wearing, and it has a Congolese flag, and a lot of people are like, "Oh my gosh, where'd that come from?" And you know, like sometimes like people from Congo they don't want to talk about where they're from because they're either embarrassed or they're they're sad about the history or like just like you don't see on the international news or anything like that. So for me, when I get a fight, it's like always something on my heart that I know that I'm fighting for something bigger than myself. Being American, my parents were so proud to be Americans, and you know, being born here, I'm proud too. But I get to represent them and say like, you know, all the sacrifices you made, the work you've done, it, it means a lot. My dad came to the United States, didn't know anybody, had twelve dollars in his pocket and built his life and like those are the stories you know that are written and then to have him sit next to me the interview today like you can see his eyes you know started well up with tears and being happy i'm like you don't even know like it's gonna be better and better and better cleanse victory together and it's have fun and it's like you, you get to represent what's within so like i always want to remember like you know i'm fighting for them and for the people that i hope we're going to give back and build infrastructure but not just in congo you know like i want to do it all over africa all over the world so yeah, it's just like that's where it started for me and it's it's one of the biggest honors I have, you know, being a fighter. Yeah, man. To to me, um, I'm a second generation American, and mm. um, 
to me, those are the most American stories ever because people often forget, you know, under this weird guise of nationalism, people forget that that's how the country was built with people that were brave enough to risk everything to come here with $12 in their pocket and go, I don't know, man, all I got is my these two hands and some work ethic and I'm gonna make it swing so my kids can have a better life, man. And to me, those that's that's the most American story that you can have because that's how this country was built from people coming from all over the world, you know, to make a better way. I love that. Uh, talk, talk a bit about um, Jimmo, because for me, um, I, you know, when I'm touring, I, I've trained everywhere, you know, and I make it a point to train when I'm on tour, whenever I have days off, I find a gym to train. And, um, you know, I've been to a few places with vibes, but Jimmo was like a whole different thing, man. You guys have a whole different vibe over there that it's, it's literally, Aside from my home gym, I've never felt anything like that. Just the, you know, the work ethic, but really um, all the people that train there, um, there's just a real tight-knit vibe. And Jeff Jimmo is uh, a real special guy, man. There's, there was just, there's just an energy about him and the way he teaches and the way he talks. Um, and in between Amazing. rounds, it was, it was funny. We were watching you. And I was sitting out around and we were watching you and he was like, man, this dude, he's like, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I, I, I could show him something one time and somehow his brain just stores it and he uses it at the perfect time. He's like, he's like, he's just like a computer. I can just upload data to him and he knows how to use oh, it. That <laughs> means a lot. He's like, like, you know, I would say like coach, coach, coach Jim is on this trip. Right. And, but he's like, I, I would say I have two dads, you know, like I'm blessed. Like, you know, coach, Jim O'Brien thinks he's my dad. <laughs> so maybe I have three. <laughs> but really, um, I'm blessed, you know. Like, Coach Jimbo really just shows me a lot of love. You know, he, he is, he's really like a dad to all of us. You know, he cares. He, he wonders about us. He, he's, he's in it for every right reason you could think of and more. And you can see that in the culture that he's developed in the gym. He only wants the best people. He interviews people from the gym, not because, you know, uh, how you doing? And it's not because he just wants to like exclude people, but he wants to include the best. He wants to just like, hey, if you want to be a good person, you want to be better. He's not worried about what you know and what you don't know. Like fighters, for sure, like it's great when you have an awesome pedigree, but when you have like a, a good heart and you want to make the place better, he loves that. So you can see that that culture is developed, and then it makes people feel welcome. And we're so glad you came and trained. And the way he he he, he wants to master everything every single day. He always wants to like grow, 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 grow. And he, he challenges us to do the same and to be intrepid and to, to go across the world, to go fight, to do things that you may never have asked or imagined from a, young, like a long time ago. And he just, he's so much fun. He just knows how to fun. Like sometimes I forget that he's 50. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, he's the way he talks, the way he laughs. But you also see too, like, just the, all the people, how he cares about. He cares about people sometimes more than they even care about themselves. And that, I think that, that says a lot too to somebody and, and when you don't have to. And it's just, it's just, it's an honor to learn from him, train under him, and really be able to represent him, you know, overseas yep. and even even stateside. But it's just, you know, he's a special, special man. And he loves his family, loves his dogs, loves people. So coach is just, he puts a lot of love into what he does and I see it go everywhere. Yeah, man. You know, the other thing you can tell that that is special about him is there's a lot of coaches um, where their goal is to make them you know, they want to elevate their name. You know, you saw that with a lot of old school gyms, you know, where they were sending fighters out with the 
um, with the goal of kind of elevating their profile vicariously through these mm -hmm. other fighters. And, and he's like the opposite, man. I saw your last fight. You damn near had to drag him in the cage to take a picture. He didn't even, he <laughs> wasn't even like, oh, I better go in there and get this picture. You guys are like, what are you doing, dude? Get in here, you know? Uh, and, uh, and I really love that, man, because to me, that is the sign uh, of an ultimate coach is someone that, you know, is, is in it to see his fighters grow, um, you know, not to see his, his profile grow. And that, uh, that's, that's really impressive to me. Um, so when did it, when, when did it click for you that you were like, okay, this is it, you know, like, I mean, a lot of, a lot of cats do amateur fights. Um, did you know right away after your first fight, like, yo, this is what I'm doing. Um, and I'm going to give my life to this. I think from before that, I remember I just started training and I was watching the fight in the summertime. And then that was like the day I decided, I said, okay, I'm going to do this. But like the second I stepped on the mat, I was like, okay, there's something different about this. Football was awesome. And it was everything that I thought I, I thought I wanted. Then I started, then I got into fighting and like realized what we could do. It was like the place I fought in was not like, it's like the venue that's, you know, the most, you know, aesthetically pleasing. It's not like a place where, oh, this is the place I want to be. But it was something about getting in that locker room, that calm feeling. I was like, why? Like, Somebody said, why aren't you nervous? I'm like, why, why am I calm? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, all these different things. I kind of figured out about myself. And then when I when they closed the gate, I was like, okay, this is where I need to be. It's, it felt like it's a different kind of piece. Then you meet great people. You meet, you, you, you learn people. You, like, you meet people that you would never maybe even talk to a day in your life, just passing them by. And you, you get to grow with them. And the freedom I have, like I can wake up and go lead. I can just go, you know, and like to do that, it's, it was all these things like you just start envisioning. But really, like right when I stepped on the mat, this small gym in Hickory, North Carolina, where my where my uh, college was, it was I never I never forget like just walking that door, just like oh, and getting beat up by guys who are 125 pounds, getting, getting beat up by guys who are 35 pounds, and you're just like what in the world? I got to figure this out. And every day it's like it's still there's never been a day I I've, I've lost love for it. it's only grown and it's been it's been the best thing ever. Yeah, man, I love that. Yeah, that's uh you know, the humbling nature of the sport. That's a funny, I just, uh, I have a young man that I mentor and I took him to fighter practice and he wants to start training. And he like, he, he got, had all the check marks happen to him yesterday. He got choked out by a girl, you know, like all of the, all of the things that would typically make somebody quit. And he was like, man, I love this. I want to come oh, back, man. you know, so uh, I'm pumped for him. But, um, you know, one thing that's really crazy about watching you fight and why I really believe in my heart that, that you are going to be a, a champion. Um, yeah, I have no doubt that you're going to have that middleweight belt here in, a, here in the next few years. Um, it, and it could just be because I know there's lots of owies that happen in fights that people don't see, whether it's a calf kick or a leg kick. You know, there's, there's, you seem to take very little damage when you fight. Um, is, is that real or is that just me watching your fights? Uh, you you always look uh, great after your fights, man. You never look jacked up. And you and recently you've been fighting. You you had three weeks between your last two fights. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Ooh, that's unheard of. Talk about that, man. How do you not <laughs> how do you not take any damage, especially at 185? Oh man, I this was what contender season was two. This one, this structure is the guys that you know my my training partners teaching. Like really, I was laughing. Like you you trained with this guy. <laughs> you you don't ever want to take damage. It's like it's really funny. Like him, Scott, you know, Salter, all these guys. Like you just, especially Scott and Brian. Like you just, you laugh because 
you go against anybody else, there, there's nobody throwing that volume or with that skill or anything like that. Even like you go top five, top ten, it doesn't matter who they are. Like by the time those fights come, you're always getting better. But it's just a testament to the coach and the structure he puts me in. Like because I realized like when I first started fighting, most people had more experience at least in years, and most people had maybe some pedigree and something else. But I realized like, when I stay in structure and I, I come to fight and we move around like it's being able to get in and out of those fights and scale. Even if they're three round fights. And I don't know, it's like, I guess the way we train our eyes, the way we read, it's like, I can see a shot coming. I'm like, okay, cool. I know that shot's going to be too bad. Or just having my brain, I'm here to fight, so I'm not worried about what you're throwing. I'm going in. Uh, I've been blessed, really, you know, to come out these fights unscathed and kind of keep that going. Yeah, man, I think you will. You have a, you have a really good... Uh... Yeah. You, you throw from a really good shell. You do a very good job of staying in your shell and then unloading and going back in your shell. And, like, you could see in your last fight, uh, the guy that you fought, man, he was just getting – because he'd throw these, like, super overhand rights and they just hit your shoulder and then you'd, you'd eat him right back, you know. And, and um, I think that's part of your, your kind of having these really dominant rounds is – you, you just don't waste any movement and it's it's really beautiful to watch man it's, it's very very technical and again which is so wild because typically you don't see somebody that technical with the little amount of training you had it's uh yeah it's really special man it's really special um what do you uh what's one of the best lessons the greatest lessons that you've had in your career so far one of the best lessons I've learned in my career so far is um, I lost this fight as an amateur and it was like it was just where I was arrogant, cocky, didn't want to listen to my, like, I was not that I didn't want to listen but I didn't listen to my coaches in the fight um, I was caught up in thinking like God didn't care about what I was doing so I felt like I didn't need him not in a way that like, I didn't need him like faith wise but I just didn't think that what I was doing is, like, is so important right and you know, trying to fight from an angry place, which I'm not an angry person. I can, everybody can get angry, but I'm not an angry person overall. Like, be, to be myself, but to be free being myself and, and trusting God, like, no matter, like, what I've been through in life, no matter, like, where I've fallen short, that, like, if he calls me somewhere, that it's the place for me to grow. It's the place for me to, to shine. It's the place for me to be because you don't ever get somewhere if you're not meant to be there. And, you know, whatever he has planned for me, just go there and embrace it. And I remember in that fight, you know, the first four rounds, like, kind of not really back and forth at all. Like I was just pretty much getting beat up and getting dominated and getting um, just up in anger. And I couldn't think of when the fifth round came as the amateur title fight. And I started kind of picking, you know, different shots that I liked. And I started running around and started moving. And I was like laughing, like, where, like, where did this come from? And then it just went right back to like that negative place. And I, I always laughed at that fight and I always remember like but what I told myself that fight is like never again. Like you give yourself the the the, the permission to claim victory, permission to be like by training and it made me come to practice with a completely different mindset, completely different heart for it, completely different discipline and learning about discipline over motivation. Like I there have been many fights you don't feel like fighting. I've been fights where I'm like, but I know what my end goal is, I know where I wanna be and you don't have to really rely on your feelings and rely on your spirit. And that's kind of what I did. I think I was focused on trying to fight for my feelings, trying to fight for my feelings. And I was upset and I was mad and I was this person, like all these different things. I was like giving myself reasons to get in there and do. I lost my way in the fight. I could not, I was not communicating at all. And like 
being arrogant. Like I know we would have won that, but at the same time too, I'm so grateful that it happened because it happened then rather than now. And there's a video I always watch with Lomachenko. He says, your, your failure and success is on you. And I realized when, when you have that responsibility and you own that, then you have the ability to change it. But I have to own it first than anything we do in life. As long as we own it, then we have the power to change it. So it's one of those things I definitely took from that, that fight with an amateur. That's awesome, man. Talk, talk a little bit about your faith, man. I know that that's, that's a huge thing for you. And, uh, and I know for, for Barbarina too, man. And it's, uh, it's cool to see, man. It's cool to see you be, uh, be so open with it. Man, it's, it's funny. Thank you. Cause it's funny. I should at an interview and I was like, do you sure you want to keep talking about this? I'm like, man, this is what got me here really like by faith. And it's, it's, it's given, it's been put the best people in my life, like Barbarina coach. And, you know, I think with, my parents raised me as a kid, you know, in church and, and going to, you know, learn about God and everything like that, but they never forced it on me. And then my senior, and I never really believed in my senior year of high school. But I always realized too, like he's given me a lot of grace and given me a lot of mercy and given me a lot of things like that I didn't necessarily deserve because you could like count like where I've fallen short in life and then what I've been blessed with. Of course, if you work hard and everything like that, but sometimes you just get a, like, people like, they mention the amount of time that I've trained. And I'm like, man, that's a that's a gift God's given me, I believe. You know, of course I have to work at it and you know, every day work on my craft, work on my craft, work on my craft. But without him even like like who 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 gave me the ability to work on my craft? And I always realized like I can't do this without him. Like I could I can't go in that fight without God. And I know he claimed victory for sure, but none of this is possible without without him. And my parents have shown me that. And I've seen them pray and have faith and the way they built their lives coming from another country. And my dad's a very loose, fun guy too but he's very deep in his faith. And I've always seen it's never been something that I have to press on to other people or anything like that. But when I, when I get to talk about my faith, it's really a testimony to say like, no matter where you were in life, no matter what's going on, whether it was good, bad, happy, sad, like, he's there for you in all those moments. And like, I get to use this platform to give him praise. And then also too, for me, it's like, I know that if I focus on him and he gets the glory, I don't have to worry about it all going to my head. I don't have to worry about it being like, this is not because I know that Monday I have to get back to work to give him praise. And he's like, if you think this is it, then I've insulted God. And also, too, if I don't show up on Monday, like I don't, I don't serve my teammates. I don't, I'm not there to do what I'm really called to do. Like it, the the UFC and all the shine is, is is cool and it's fun, but that's there's all you should take it off the grain of salt. I think and really like give it to God because He'll bless you more and more and more and more, which has been happening in my life. And sometimes I'm like, man, thank you so much because I know, like, if, if I look at myself by like the way my flesh is and my life is that. He's been so good to me. The only thing I can do is give him the glory, give him the praise. And really, it keeps me calm, too. It keeps me focused. Like, there's one of those verses says in Exodus that talks about, you know, stay calm, the Lord will fight your battles for you. And for some reason, like, I just I can always repeat that to myself, and I'll sing before a fight. And then, like, I laugh because sometimes on fight week, I'm like, okay, you better pick it up now. You're, <laughs> you're a little calm. You're, you're, you're extremely calm right now. But God's like, that's what you need to do for me. And it's like, and, and it works. I mean, like, I'm, of course, I'm excited. I guess sometimes I'll just be by myself. I'm excited, like, beating my chest. I'm, like, super excited. It's like it's fight week, but then also too. I'm like, man, thank you, God, for keeping me calm. And He's never failed, and He never will. And it's, it's just a blessing. Like even like the testimony of my dad. And my dad keeps saying, oh, "I'm sorry. I got apologize to you and apologize to God because in the beginning we didn't understand what you were doing." But I'm like, man, maybe that's was God helping you show me like what I need to do. My dad says, 
when God gives you a vision, he might not give it to your parents or anybody around you, but you have to trust him to do that. And it's like, thank you for not making me look like a fool. Thank you for not making me yeah. feel just, you know, my dad's sending pictures. I'm literally texting me pictures right now. I'm just like, he's just so happy. And like, he's like, I'm like to see him in tears and have fun. Like, it means, sorry, we're going to haul it. Yeah. And to, to know what God's been doing, that's why I know I'm here. And I have that freedom to operate now. It is like, when I come here on these fights, and you know, people are always crazy, and it's like, when I see my dad smile, it gives me perspective of what the bigger picture is. And then I get to share, share it with him. Like, that's so important to me. Then we go, oh, this victory on Saturday, and then Brian fights again. And it just always seems like, you get to celebrate with people. You know that God is working. There's that song that says, when I don't see it, he's working. When I don't feel it, he's working. Even like we don't feel that like that. The way he's always making a way. And it's like, it's really just that thing that for me, it's like, it's challenging too, because like being young and, 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 and living my life, it's like, you want, you can, you can be that wild dude and just go around and you get all that attention and make it self-fulfilling in a way, I guess like satisfy the flesh. But I realized that's like a challenge too, because why do I need that? Like, what will it do for me now? But I feel like in the long term, the longer, I'm like, I want God to say job well done. And I don't want him to look at me and say, yeah, you had that platform, but you didn't do anything with it, but serve yourself. For sure. Yeah, man. And I, I think that's that's really special because when someone's on this the spiritual path, you are taking note of uh, gratitude and blessings rather than going, yeah, man, I did this. I built this. This is mine. And, you know, and, and the focus becomes on, um, on how these blessings are coming down on you. And um, because you're doing the next right thing. And I think nagging that, that prayerful. Uh, spiritual nature is you know that's just going to keep the blessings coming man because we've seen that with a lot of fighters man that uh and, and in my line of work too with musicians where they um they think everything is happening to them for them um you know and um and they lose that gratitude you know there, there begins this sense of entitlement where they where they kind of lose track that being able to wake up and have a healthy body is a blessing, you know, and then being right. able to go answer your, your calling and your purpose is, is the greatest blessing of all. So, I, you know, I really admire that, that not only do you practice that, but you openly talk about it. Cause I think there's a lot of young fighters that, uh, that are going to get a lot of wisdom from that watching you do your thing. Thank you so much. Yeah. And it's like, this is funny because I was like, man, we're coaching our time. You see guys grow, 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 grow. And you wonder about the success, like the sex, the success that you get, and the higher people go, sometimes you're like the, the worst they behave. Like Brian and I were talking about some part. He's like, he doesn't want his kids to watch that or act like a certain way, but you want to be the person. Like even when you have, like we all have our own issues. Like I know I have my own addictions, I have my own issues, I have my own struggles, I have my own things. I was like, is that guy even a Christian? Like it just, it just makes me laugh that God would still choose me. Like like David in the Bible, he was yep. so wild, but they said he was so after God's heart. Like he was not perfect, but he's after God's heart. Like I was just like. Hey God, I want to be at your heart today. God, today's new mercy. And then you also want to like remember it's like, is it really important for like adults to look at you? Yes. But then you want to know like kids, they can talk to you and they can see you and they can see that the person you are on TV is them is a great person, but the person they meet and on on a daily basis, like face to face, is gonna be better than that person they even met. That's awesome. Man. I don't want to be a person that they met that's awesome here, and then when I'm on front of like the screen that. I can't go see Brian's kids. I can't go see my niece and nephews. Like I, my mom and dad are embarrassed to share an interview because I look like a fool just because I want to get clickbait or because I want to 
man, it's so rampant in the fight game too of this, um, man, you know, it would mean a lot to me if you could go beat the brakes off Colby Covington at some point. Um, (laughs) you know, you see these guys that are like, one of y'all go get him, man. What? Yeah. Where it's this, like this disgusting, um, fake generated thing like you're saying where what i see in it is i see a fear where you're yours where these guys are scared to let their art and ability speak for itself so they need to add some level of like professional wrestling grotesqueness to it you know to uh rather than you know like like anderson silva someone that i think of that was just such a great champion you know he he never had a bad thing to say about anyone you know even when chael sonnen was just low blow after low blow after low blow he still took the high road and was just like no nah, man i'm a better martial artist than you and that's the end of the conversation i don't have anything else to say um and i'd love to see um i'd love to see more of that you know so to see guys like you and barbarina w- winning um it means a lot to me as a fan because that's the thing too is um you know i just started teaching and we're opening a school in my town now and um you know that's something that really we really push at our gym too is is being a good person because you know you can take an athlete and turn him into a great fighter but to to make somebody a great fighter and and have them say well i'm a good person first and then an athlete um i think that's the example that we got to set like you said for kids and just to be ambassadors of the sport, man, and you guys at the highest level doing that, um, I, I I really appreciate it. You know, it means a lot to me as as a fan. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. So tell us about your upcoming fight, man. Who are you fighting, and and how you feeling? How's camp gone? Yeah, everything's went really well. And, um, so I'm fighting his name is Joaquin Buckley, from from like Missouri. He's a fun fighter. You know, he comes to the throw and comes forward i like that you know it's the fight that i'm looking forward to having this victory uh camp preparation everything's gone really well thanks to you know diego coach brian you know everybody's been like just you know coming in and, and really helping me weights great and really i'm you know i'm getting low so i got to like make sure I, get, I can eat more and drink more so it's a great fight week you know i'm, I'm blessed to be out here and you know, my dad out here again is special the fight itself you know I, i'm to be precise, and we've been we've been sharper and sharper and sharper in training sessions, which is something I've been really, really working on and striving for. And it's it's cool to see it happen in the training. Like you know, talk about samurais and talk about warriors in the old culture. Like Miyamoto Musashi, you talk about the way you mm-hmm. practice and the way you train. And it's like, man, if we're practicing like this, we're working on these things, and it comes together. We're extremely, extremely focused on fight day. Extremely sharp. Have faith that we do. Like have faith that's going to come through again. And I'm excited to have like this fight and claim this victory and finish this fight and move forward. And it's just it's the Lessons keep running down. So to have this fight with a guy like this who wants to come forward, cool guy too. I mean, he's come. I when I was in Vegas, I went up to him and said, "Hey, man, what's up? How are you?" With respect, and then he came up to us and like he said, "I'm like, it'd be a good fight." And you know, just tell you, acting a little different, but not in a disrespectful way. I think he made a point to come over and say hello, which I you can always always respect. And you know, to 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 share the octagon with somebody like that Mm -hmm. makes it. Yeah, that, I think it makes that much more honorable. So a guy like him who's a decent fighter who's had a solid pedigree and you know, he's not people out. He's he's um he's fought in LFA, Bellator, he's he's done some solid things and like that's special to me that you know he accepted the fight because he was gonna fight somebody else. I took it because the guy fell out and then now I get the opportunity to 
advance my career and, and, and grow with my tribe and grow with my people and share this moment with my dad is is awesome. So I you know I appreciate him still taking the fight and, and I tell you what too man the way that you just keep saying yep 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 I mean dude you know oh Uncle Dana he loves that man he loves those guys <laughs> that I'll just be like yeah man I'll go next week if you want you know sure. Yeah, man. Um, we're think, working hard. Brian and I campaigning to fight on the same card one of these days. So I'm trying to get it to time out. So I'd love to fight next week, weekend after, and, and get going for sure. That's awesome, man. What's some, what, what's some of the stuff you like to do outside of training and fighting? Man, I, I enjoy reading. I really do enjoy reading. I enjoy writing. I'm always writing. Always writing. I, I, it's like kind of can get my mind, just my thoughts out and on the paper and, and, and figure out who I am by writing. I love hanging out with my family. Uh, being home is the place because when you're traveling all the time and you finally get a chance to be home, that's what I love to be. Um, I have a girlfriend now, so that's been awesome. And you know, it's been it's been a learning, it's been something to learn through. And uh, she's she's my best friend, so it's been that's been great too. And you know, somebody to talk to a lot. So hanging out with her, going to see my sister. She plays volleyball, so like, I'm, like with COVID, I haven't a chance to get to see her. But being a fan of her, my brother's like, like watch online, stream that, and being out in nature. I love to go hiking. I love to go on walks. Go probably for a walk once or twice every single day, especially on my days I'm at home more. I go for walks with my coach, I like barefoot walks. And that's been something I love. Kayaking, that became a new thing for me over the quarantine. I was kayaking every other day for so long and being on the water and just man, hanging out, hanging out with my family. Really, that's, that's, that's it for me. Yeah, man, we got to get you and Barbarina out to Montana. And we'll... Uh... Yeah, that'd be awesome. Man, we'll t- I'll take you to some wild spots, but we can like I like I told him, man, we'll have you guys do a do a seminar or something to to make it worth your while to come out. Um, oh man, coming up here amazing. Yeah, um, man. Said, Montana's beautiful. Yeah, man, it's a magic place, man. That's that's really my that's really my goal in um, you know in martial arts is to keep learning and over the next five years or so, and just keep learning. I just got my purple belt. And I just want to keep. Thank you, brother. Um, and just keep learning and soaking up as much knowledge as I can. And, and eventually, like I told Barbarina, I want to uh, build a facility out here where we can have people come do fight camps out here where you can bring your own coaches and the whole thing. And, um, and you can run a camp. And then on off days, we can take you fishing. We can take you shooting. We can take you kayaking. We can take you, you know, awesome. you know and just take, take people and really show them Montana. Um, you know, I've, I've, I go out into the world a lot touring. Um, and, uh, you know, as I, uh, start settling down in the next 10 years or so, I'd really like to start bringing the world here, you know, and, and show them my world. Mm-hmm. Um, who's your, uh, who's your favorite awesome. fighter of all time? Can you hear me? Yeah. You got me? Favorite fighter of all. Yes, this is got to get again. All time, if I get punched in the face and I don't say Brian Barbarino, is that wrong? <laughs> uh, definitely, but honestly, that's funny to say. Like, I mean, fighting my just changed, you know. Before it was like, I love watch Anderson Silva and all these guys, you know, like the, the funky guys and the guys that come to fight, and this is just interesting, you know. I was a uh, boy because the way he fights, but you know, some people like you, you learn to respect them and just the way they are, especially Barbarino, like the way he fights. And I'm not saying that because he's here, but really, I, I, 
the way he fights. It's like this dude is really, really good. And even he thinks I had so I don't know if to say son or best friend anymore. <laughs> so, uh, but the way he fights and comes to fight through the fight all the way like this though and the, and the way what he comes to fight with means a lot to me uh, i love that um fighter i really enjoy watching too it's a funny when this kind of question comes up like, my, my brain goes like blank sometimes i like cowboy like i said because just he, he always comes to fight that's inspired me like man this guy's always taking fights like, i like that a lot and uh uh man just uh, really those guys you know like the, the, the guys like brian and, and cowboy really it's become something for me like I like the way he goes all the time and just love the way this guy fights. So, Yeah, I love the way – I like seeing fighters that um, they just love what they do where you can tell they're in there and just wouldn't rather be anywhere else in the world. You know, I always – a guy I always think of when I think of that is TJ Dillashaw. You know, I remember when he – the first time he fought Cody, when they went to face off with the ref, he went <gasps> – and took this big deep breath and smiled like he oh man it's finally here like you could tell he was so relieved to be in there to get a fight him you know and I uh um yeah I just love seeing guy you know and Cowboy's one of those guys too you were there's just nowhere else that he'd rather be one one thing that really trips me out about you guys is um prior to this neck injury I was going to take an amateur fight and you know depending on how it shakes out it might but even just thinking about it makes me nervous and hearing the way you and Barbarina talk about when you get in there that there's this sense of calm where you're like, oh, yeah, man, this is this is where I want to be. Um, that's mm-hmm. so crazy to me. Do you, I, to me, I think that is the um, that is probably the number one marker that you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing, you know that you're answering your calling. Cause for me, you know, a lot of people are like, oh man, the idea of being on stage in front of a bunch of people, man, that would make me piss my pants. Where for me, mm-hmm. that moment that I'm standing on the side of the stage before I go out in front of a crowd of people, especially at a festival, you know, where it's thousands of people, I just am like, yeah, dude, I'm as calm as, as calm as I can possibly be because I know I'm about to go do what I was built to do. Um, for sure, yeah. You know, and, yeah, and that, that, that's why I feel so, uh, so much respect and so much connection uh, to all of you guys and, and, and just the art of fighting because it, it means a lot to me to see other people chasing their dream rather than going, yeah, well, I could have been a fighter, but you know, man, I, 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 I better just get this degree and I'm going to take this route because it would be safer. Um, so mm-hmm. to see you guys, you know, just buckling down with your faith and saying, no, man, this is what I was built to do. So this is what I'm going to do. Um, sure. Yeah. That's, man, that's man, the magic. Mm-hmm. Well, so tell me, like, but... go ahead. No, no, sorry. I just said bam, bam, chill. Always like, I remember when we first met. We laughed. I was like, you ever wonder, like, like, like in an alternate reality, we live in another time. Like, if our like our tribes, like, I know he's in Colombia, like his family, and like my family being in Congo. But how cool that would be, just to, like to get on the, the 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 war grounds together and like fight side by side. And that's how it feels. I never feel like the first day we trained. <laughs> it was like drill, drill, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Like, okay drill drill pick it up pick it up and i was like okay this guy's this guy's cool and it's like from that day it's been just just family and it's it's been awesome and you you really really appreciate people like that for sure and another fight i do like is uh charles Oliveira. that dude comes mm-hmm. to fight like he's trying to just he does love the way he fights i love i love the way he fights too so sure. yeah love his Thank style Gaethje. Gaethje? Ooh. 
Man, yeah. I'm I'm so stoked for that fight. I mean, I mm-hmm. I believe that Khabib is. I don't know, dude. I don't know if anyone's got his number, but I think I think Gaethje's got as good a chance as anybody. Man, I think it come for it for sure. Yeah. So, um, couple more, man. What's your walkout song and why? Um, my walkout song is "Call Upon the Lord" by Elevation Worship. My, the, so I go to Elevation Church based out of Charlotte, and yep. they have the worship team, Elevation Worship. So, um, the song "Call Upon the Lord" it was, a, it was a special song to me. Like after college, like the guy that got like not in trouble, but I just had some like issues, and I the one song that always stuck out to me was that song "Call Upon the Lord." And the funny, the part that the song that really speaks to me that never ever nobody ever hears when I walk out for a fight except for once um, is a song that says um, says Jesus name will break every stronghold freedom is ours when we call his name and uh, sorry you all right yeah uh, so I was walking by I thought I, thought I was in the quiet hallway people <laughs> <laughs> worst hallway um, and and what I like about it is I guess how are you uh, it says Jesus' name will break every stronghold. Freedom is ours when we call His name, and it's like you have to call on Him no matter what. And every time, like I feel like I'm, I'm falling short, like that song I can listen to, and I and I deleted it. Listen to that not a lot, and I was going to church and they were playing so much, and this guy named Mac. He, he doesn't. He's not. He doesn't watch the day. He's, he's like kind of doing a solo thing, but he was always had the Mac chop and doing it and doing it. Something about that song just always got to me and says. We need no other hiding place. Um, our hope is safe within his name. And this we know, this we know. And this is, I will call upon the Lord. And it just goes into like this rock song because I feel like sometimes we can get so caught up in like what we don't think we deserve or what God doesn't have for us. Right now. And we, we get so just lost. And it's like, man, like, especially before fights, it's funny. I don't get nervous. Um, we don't get, it's not a nervousness, not this, but it's like, I just get so caught up. Like, God, like you have me here. And I did this, and I did this, and I did this, and like I'm, I'm still doing this. And he's just like, "Don't worry, like freedom is ours when I when a freedom is mine when I call his name." And that song will always like forever stick out to me, and it's it's kind of cool too. Like it just when I wanted a work walkout song, I mean, I, I didn't want like so many different like hip hop or mix it up. You know, I love all those songs. I listen to them probably before fights, but I just needed that place to know why I'm there because he called me, so I have to call on him, and that's that's why I chose the song for sure. I love that. All right, bro. Last question, then I'll cut you loose. Uh, what do you want to be remembered for? Man, I want to be remembered for as far as fighting or my in me? general, man. What do you What do you want in in, in twenty years when people say Impulsong and I? What do you want them to say? Man, as a as a man, I want them to say that as a person, I honor my family and my friends, and most importantly, I honor God by the way I treated them and, and loved, and though you know, not perfect as a person that, you know, every single day I wanted to get after God's heart. Like a person that was hopefully able to impact other people's lives with the platform God's put me on. And 20 years from now when I'm 46, he's still doing things that are still working to help me. I didn't get complacent. And it's like, okay, I help these people now. Now I'm focusing on myself. Like a you know, great dad, great husband, great servant, you know, it, whether I'm in my church or not, like just doing something that serves. And I want my parents to be proud, whether you know, I'm praying that they're here 20 more years and I'm declaring that and speaking that, but that they'll always be proud of their son and my brother and sister can still turn to me and that no matter how much all the fame that comes, all the all the attention that comes that my family knows I'm still accessible and the people that know me best can respect me and I can respect them. As a fighter and the career I'm a calling, 
And somebody that, like, you know, God's warrior, a person who came every time, every single time to fight. I love to be undefeated. That's my dream and goal is to dominate every single fight, best ever do a passport in the future, like be in the UFC Hall of Fame and to use this platform to show, like, you don't have to be a jerk to be a fighter. You don't have to be somebody who's, like, a terrible person, somebody who's sets their goals high, comes to the fighter, dominates, and then treats people with respect for everybody from the CEO and the president, you know, in this case, Dana White and all the people who are there, to the person who picks you up from the airport, that they can remember me as a fighter that was like, man, he did everything that you, you could, couldn't even ask for or imagine, yet treated people correctly, and challenged myself. Like, so like the higher we go, the more I'm like, how can I get better today? Like, what can I let go of that's not for me? So like, always just, just striving to achieve to be better. And uh, a fighter who had fun, a fighter who did, who did crazy fun stuff in the octagon and who keeps opening up and, and, and could continually improve between fights and do things that people never thought you could ever do. And then inspire somebody to do it better. Like I want some kid to be out there who has a great heart and sees that and is like, okay, that was a standard I saw, but watch what I'm going to do. And I hope that I can set that bar high enough that they can help their families too. Yeah, man. Yeah, I believe you're going to have um, have all of that. Um, the way you carry yourself and, and your skill set. Like I said, man, to, to be uh, as a lifelong fan of the sport, man, to see somebody at your skill level so early in their career, I, I've, I, I have no, no doubts uh, that that belt is going to be yours. Um, and you. And I, and I really believe that, man. And I have, uh, I have the utmost respect for, for you and Barbarina and everyone in your guys' crew. Um, I'm coming down to, uh, to Charleston, South Carolina to, to film a music video this fall. I think it'll probably be the end of November. Um, and I'm going to try and sneak up to Charlotte uh, and hopefully train awesome. with you guys for a little bit. I'd love to see you. I'd love to. I'd love to. Yeah, man. You're awesome. Just let us know, please. Whenever you're down, just let us know. You know yeah. You're more than welcome. I appreciate awesome. it, man. Yeah. Well, big Thank love you. to you, man. Go get that. Uh, too, go get man. that W, and um, yes, and we'll talk after the fight, bro. For sure, definitely. All right, take care, y'all. Right. All right, y'all. As always, hope you enjoyed. Um, yeah, I'm knocking this out early, so I don't. I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Impa won his fight. Um, but anywho, I hope you enjoyed that conversation, and I hope you'll go follow Impa on. Uh, on um, social media, particularly Instagram, um, you know, all that. Uh, next week on the podcast, I don't know, because I'm actually rec recording this weeks in advance because I'll be down in Colorado uh, playing some shows finally. Holy shit, playing some shows. Um, either <laughs> UFC champion TJ Dillashaw or lead singer, uh, songwriter from Ayaterra, um, Nathan Aurora. So either way, it's going to be badass. As always, um, yeah, share all that jazz. And as always, I fucking love y'all, man. I appreciate you listening to me blabber and uh, talk to these really, really interesting people that are doing magical, uh, badass things. Take care of each other. And, uh, and be well. Peace.